Hey everybody, it's time once again and finally for Radio Gripe. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Joe. I'm that other host, Jen. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and uh, it's... I'm going to say good to be back. Yeah, we missed you. Yeah. had some uh, long-running technical difficulties. Yeah, we... uh, Kind of long story short on it, I uh, my laptop fell victim to some Windows problems, and I've been locked out of it for a couple of weeks. So fell, fell victim to a mandatory update. Yep, and uh, so don't have access to any of the old stuff from the show, so I couldn't do anything. You, we recorded uh, you a whole ass show. Yeah, didn't two even weeks ago. get to finish editing that. It's the lost show. If we can ever pull it uh, from this dead computer, um, that'll be a Patreon only. Still working on that one, but fuck Windows, so we'll see what happens. Um, meantime, I've got a a different hand-me-down laptop, and I'm messing around with uh, some different operating systems and everything. So that took a little bit of learning, uh, but we're, we're back. Can I ask you, why did you peel the Black Sparrow sticker off of the back of your Asus? That was not me. Huh. Yeah, that was how it was given to me. Huh, how about that? Somebody might have thought... That? Oh, I can maybe pull that sticker off and put it somewhere else, and uh, didn't, didn't work. work. Out. Didn't work out. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're back, and uh, we'll I'll bring up some of the stuff that we would have talked about a couple of weeks ago. I have uh, no recollection. Yeah, I made just a few notes. We're not going to really get into it. Maybe we'll pull that episode someday. Um, but yeah. Uh, couple of things, though, uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, there's just been a lot going on in addition to just the computer difficulties that has kind of like stalled me up. I need to bring up that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we we lost a friend of ours and uh, one of the members here of KBSR, uh, Jeff Brown. That was pretty rough and uh, we all had to take some time with that. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, gonna say thanks jeff and we got a song coming up for you in remembrance and more than that too you know uh, biz marquee uh passed a couple weeks ago uh there's been a whole lot of loss lately and it's been rough so i uh, hope everybody's doing okay out there things are growing weirder and weirder and so i guess that's maybe going to be the overarching theme of this episode but we'll try not to make it too depressing This one's for Jeff. And if one day I should become a singer with a Spanish bum who sings for women of great virtue, I'd sing to them with a guitar I borrowed from a coffee bar. Well, what you don't know doesn't hurt you. My name would be Antonio, and all my bridges I would burn. And when I gave them some, they'd know I'd expect something in return. I'd have to get drunk every night and talk about virility with some old grandmama who might be decked out like a Christmas tree. And though pink elephants I'd see, though I'd be drunk as I could be, still I would sing my song to me about the time they called me Shaggy. If I could be for only an hour, if I could be for an hour every day, if I could be for 
just one little hour A cute, cute, in a stupid-ass way And if I joined the social world Became procurer of young girls And I would have my own bordellos My record would be number one And I'd sell records by the ton All sung by many other fellows My name would then be Handsome Jack And I'd sell boats of opium Whiskey that came from Twickenham Off any queers and phony virgins If I had banks on every finger Finger in every country And all the countries ruled by me I'd still know where I'd want to be Locked up inside my opium den, surrounded by some Chinamen I'd sing the song that I sang then about the time they called me Jackie If I could be for only an hour If I could be for an hour every day If I could be for just one little hour A cute, cute, in a stupid-ass way Now tell me, wouldn't it be nice that if one day in paradise I'd sing for all the ladies up there And they would sing along with me We'd be so happy there to be Cause down below is really nowhere And if my name were Juniper Then I would know where I was going And then I would become all-knowing My beard so very long and flowing If I became deaf, dumb and blind Because I pitied all mankind and broke my heart to make things right I'd know that every single night When my angelic work was through The angels and the devil too Would sing my childhood song to me About the time they called me Shaggy If I could be for only an hour If I could be for an hour every day If I could be for just one little hour A cute, cute in a stupid-ass way. All right, so before we dig in too deep, uh, I should probably do this thing where I say that the opinions expressed here on Radio Gripe uh, do not reflect KBSR or anybody else on the network. There are opinions alone. And you can take that up with us. Uh, reach out for any and every reason at uh, we're trying show at gmail.com. And uh, I've, I have to reset the password because that was a thing I did on the other laptop. So I haven't been able to check the email for a minute. But uh, yeah, and then Radio Grape TX on Instagram. There's that. I, I feel like uh, I didn't know what I was saying. That's usually so automatic whenever I say that. And I had to kind of like piece that one together seat of my pants there strip down bare bones show uh this week we are not opening up the mailbag mailbag's locked sorry to anyone uh who wanted to give us something incredibly stupid to say on the air hmm. that's gonna have to wait till next week so uh should we start with like the hottest stuff the newest news uh yeah sure yeah uh i think that both of us wanted to address uh, what's been going on a little bit at the uh, Olympics. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about the Olympics. That's going on. Yeah. Uh, haven't really been watching. It's difficult to do uh, if you don't have TV. If you don't care. <laughs> like, you can find it online. You could stream it from NBC or whatever or ESPN. It'll be 
it'll be on the internet. Yeah, I, uh, I've a been lot of people catching are... some of these uh, athletic feats, inspiring athletic feats mm. uh, online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of note, there is uh, the twenty-four-year-old uh, from don't know somewhere in Europe who got the gold medal, if I'm not mistaken, for uh, target shooting. You heard it here. Joe has just announced that some European won some type of medal for something. Yep. All right. All right. So, uh, but there was internet backlash or, or mansplaining about uh, her stance, which was dope as hell. Just left hand down in the pocket, standing Super really cash. chill. Uh, you know, and somebody tried to say like, oh, she clearly doesn't know how to fire a gun. And that person clearly doesn't know about target shooting in the Olympics because it was all perfectly normal. Uh, yeah, y'all, you can funny. be a gold medal uh, Olympic winner mm-hmm. and still have rando dudes coming out of the woodwork to explain to you um, how you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's a fascinating, fascinating phenomenon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, speaking of that, we've got uh, Simone Biles and what's going on with her. Shocking. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah unforeseen so part of it was uh she is on medication for adhd and that specific medication is illegal in china it's not even sold like over the counter or anything uh i had heard that there was some exception made for olympic athletes for these specific medications but i could understand if she had probably showed up and it was all unclear and uh, she had to lapse on meds and was under the impression that she wouldn't be able to kind of go through the competition with it. But that was, I think, just kind of what started setting it off. This has happened before the the Olympic Doping um, Committee uh, is a harsh mistress, and uh, mm-hmm. we've had yeah. we've had athletes who just were not were not present and available for their random, you know, uh, drug check be disqualified um we you know we saw a swimmer a couple years back uh he was stripped of his gold um because of his asthma medication right which his people had declared uh with the uh the doping committee but due to some bureaucratic errors uh he nevertheless was stripped of his medal um some people feel like the wrong people are being targeted very often because obviously Yeah, yeah yeah you, you know, you remember some years ago, there I was, was going to say not everything is the Russian doping scandal, right? The Russian doping scandal where they were, there was a secret door in the lab where they collected <laughs> urine samples where yeah. someone would stick their little hand through and swap out the, swap out the samples from inside the wall. Man, you gotta, you gotta admire that. Fresh urine. <laughs> you kind of do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, speaking of Simone Biles, uh, greatest of all time, uh, gymnast, um, she's just an incredible uh, athlete, an incredible story. She grew up amidst parental like abuse and neglect and ended up being adopted by her grandparents. Mm-hmm. And um, it was at a, she was about six years old at a day, like a day camp or something um, when, uh, and the kids were doing, you know, some, some tumbles and stuff. Some grown-ups observed her and first realized that she had something special and was preternaturally talented. She's got it. She had an air awareness, mm-hmm. uh, is what they call in the sport, that, you know, you just don't see uh, every day. And um, so that 
you know, ended up being something that she got into and um, was was pushed and, and supported. And I think she was 16 um, at her first Olympic. She's probably 23 now. Um, and uh, she is also the last woman standing uh, from the Larry Nasser abuse. Mm. And this had come out um, a few years ago that he was molesting these gymnasts, you know, more and more girls started to come forward and say, this happened to me. And initially Simone was like, no, I, no, it didn't happen to me. But I guess as it kind of sank in, she came to the realization that she also was molested. It was very difficult for her to deal with. And she has a lot of anger at the Olympic committee for not protecting her and the other girls. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll throw a quote here. She says, you know, I've, I've done everything that you've ever asked and I've done my job. You had one job and it was to protect us and you failed at that one fucking job. And so that's something that's very emotional for her that she has been coping with. 2020 was going to be her last Olympics. And when it was canceled, delayed Mm -hmm. due to COVID, you know, I'm told she just sat down and started crying when she heard the news. She did not want to do this, but she's been working for the last few years. Um, Her whole team is kind of designed around her and her special abilities and Mm. talents. Right. And her incredible strength. Um, Just so sadly, um, she she got there and wasn't performing, wasn't in the correct headspace. And I guess what happens, um, they call it the twisties. Yeah. I had, I had seen some headline about this. Essentially you lose your spatial awareness mid air. You lose your air awareness, which is kind of what is required to do these incredible complicated aerial feats. Yeah. And, um, it can be very dangerous when you're as powerful an athlete as Simone Biles is to lose your spatial awareness midair. You can very seriously injure yourself. And, um, yeah, she, she lost it and she just didn't, she hasn't performed up to her standards sort of shockingly. They still qualified. Uh, but she flubbed her routine as well and, uh, spoke with her teammates and said, Hey, I've done this. You guys, this is your first Olympics. You're young. Um, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, get out there and get out there and do it. You don't need me. Yeah, yeah. And she withdrew from some of the events. Uh, yeah, and you know that's that's brave on her part to to acknowledge it and come forward and uh, encourage others to rise and to rise up. Yeah, I think and, and I to, think so too. To know and to know yourself and to acknowledge that and yeah that. That takes some courage. She was going to make this her last Olympics and go out with a bang. This does nothing to tarnish her legacy. No. Um, what would I see? And, you know, apparently it's become a fucking wedge culture issue because that's what people can't just fucking be people with mm-hmm. their own individual struggles and their own, you know, athletic legacy. It's got to be a fucking culture issue. Um, because you got your peers, Morgans and stuff saying, you, you know, you fucking coward. Right. <laughs> How yeah. dare you? You're representing the United States and your team. You let the whole country down. Mm. Um, well, it's not really a Piers Morgan accent, but. 
Yeah, um, it's it's disgusting how some people have responded to her. Uh, between, I want to say it was uh, an elected representative that said that she was an embarrassment. Although it just as well may have been Tucker Carlson. Who knows? Um, He's an elected uh, political figure, right? The, um, <laughs> the minister of information. Yeah, we can't know her struggles. And I'll tell you what, bowing out and saying as she did, I had the I had the correct people around me to make this choice. Yeah. Um, you know, classically, when you're looking at young athletes, young female athletes, young black female athletes, you're very often seeing handlers pushing them, telling them, you know, what what to do, how to do it, and that they can't say no. And this is a this is a self-possessed young woman who's in charge of her career and in charge of uh, her body. Nobody knows what she's capable of besides her. Mm-hmm. And she made this decision individually and with her teammates. Um, I see someone taking taking charge and um, not being uh, bullied. Yeah, as as so often happens, as um, especially with with young women in this in this sport. So so yeah, um, she made the she made the correct decision for herself, and um, I think it's inspiring. Yeah, to have that to to claim that autonomy for herself. Yeah. So if you're listening, Simone Biles, uh, <laughs> and I we, know you are, we got your back. Uh, it's totally understandable, and uh, yeah, yeah, you're doing great. Don't even worry about it. Uh, put put this whole shit behind you. What's well, a well earned retirement. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to a reporter who'd followed Simone Biles over the years, and she said in an interview she conducted with uh, Simone just before the Olympics, she was kind of surprised at her tone, which was like, you know, she said, what, oh, you know, of all the years that you've been, uh, you know, doing this, what, um, what's your, what's your happiest memory or what's your best time or whatever? Kind of a softball question. And, and her response was like, honestly, um, taking a break. taking a break uh before the olympics and then and then having to get right back to it she's like honestly yeah it couldn't come fast enough and i can't wait for it to be over yeah and that's a that's the thing about i mean especially when it comes to like olympians uh not not all professional athletes but yes many of them uh you know you you kind of forget that maybe they're they're people and they're they're not just an athlete and just a representative of a team you know, and you, that's you get people talking about. Oh, just shut up and play the game. You know, we don't we don't need your opinions and personality. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that that commodification of a person's skill, and that that totally erases the person's identity. You know, um, she's she's twenty four years old. She's amazing, and she can retire right now and just be Simone Biles for the rest of her life. Yeah, uh, I can't. You know. Uh, I look forward to seeing what she does next. Sure. She can do anything she wants. Yeah. Um, I did also want to say on the note of the Olympics, uh, a shout out to Raven Saunders, uh, who is, uh, I believe the only person so far who has made a gesture or a statement while on the medal stand. Um, there are rules that the Olympic committee has come out with that you are not allowed to make any kind of, uh, statement or gesture or anything whatsoever while on the medal stand, you can have press conferences where you can maybe say those things and talk about your, 
your own cause and everything else. Right. Press conferences are mandatory, as we know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she had uh, held her arms up and made an X over her head uh, to represent the intersection of all oppressed peoples. Hmm. Just a really broad statement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not even a... It's almost even vague if you just look at it outside or looking at it and it's like, oh, you just put an X over your head. But during a press conference, she was able to kind of explain what, what that uh, symbolizes. So go Raven Saunders for saying fuck you and, and making your statements. Speaking of making a statement, I had just read that the uh, fencing team, the U.S. fencing team, made a statement there is a member of the u.s fencing team who a lot of people believe should not have made it to the olympics he's been incredibly accused of sexual assault mm. uh, multiple people uh he appeared wearing a black face mask while the rest of his teammates uh all wore pink face masks okay kind of sig- signaling we do not stand with our teammate hmm. we stand with the victims interesting hadn't yeah. heard about that one yeah yeah Olympics. Yeah, we are not athletic people, so obviously we're here to talk no. about. We're not really here to talk about athletic <laughs> things, right? Except to say that it is amazing to watch some of these people who are the, some of the greatest in the world at what they do. Yeah, it can be interesting to watch. Um, Been watching some power lifters. Mm. Uh, some sprinters. Yeah. I've been enjoying more people bringing up whenever the Olympics come around these days, people bring up Olympics from the past and just how much of a shit show it all was. Yeah. It's always a shit show. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be a question. Do we want to keep doing the Olympics like, like, like this, the way we do, um, where, you know, people, people put their name in a hat and somebody, uh, you know, regardless of what type of human rights abuses they may have been accused of, (laughs) uh, are selected, to host the Olympics, and now it costs millions and millions of dollars. You have to build the infrastructure for it. Uh, Japan did not want <laughs> to host the Olympics. The majority of people were protesting uh, during this time of COVID yeah. and the incredible expense of building a whole-ass Olympic village uh, to do it. And because there aren't people in the stands this year, they're not getting that uh, tourism income mm-hmm. that would help recoup those uh huge financial expenditures yeah yeah so i mean moving forward there's an idea that maybe there should be one fucking place that is the permanent host of the olympic games maybe one for summer and one for winter whatever works or maybe just i don't know like uh, i know in salt lake city you know they built stuff for the olympics and all that all that infrastructure still exists for uh training they they have big bobsled tracks. They they have these large ramps for skiers and and all these things for Winter Olympic training permanently in Salt Lake. They really just kind of held on to it. Cool, that settles it. Uh, Winter Olympics will occur in Salt, Salt Lake, Lake in perpetuity. Hey, greatest snow on earth. And we'll put the summer in Athens. Right? Yeah, sounds fucking beautiful. All right, let's do it. Let's yep. get on it, guys. Yep, let's do this, people.
Okay, well, the federal eviction moratorium uh, expired, I believe, on Saturday. It expired recently. Friday, yeah. Friday or Saturday. The uh, Democrats in Washington failed on Friday to push a last-minute extension. They left town for a seven-week recess uh, without uh, a vote. Uh, uh, Missouri uh, Democratic Representative Cori Bush um, protested uh, by camping out on the Capitol steps. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know Cori Bush? No. She's pretty cool. She's a nurse. She does not come from privilege and wealth uh like so many of our elected officials do um due to the uh the money in politics and the kind of hard, high bar to entry when it comes to fundraising she has uh she, well, yeah she she called herself formally unhoused she has experienced homelessness she has been beaten up by cops at the ferguson protests mm. uh she's she's an activist community organizer she introduced uh, the Unhoused Bill of Rights recently, uh, a bill to try to end homelessness in America by 2025. She'd invited other legislators to join her on the Capitol steps uh, in her protest. I'm not sure how that's going, but I, I like to see an elected official who's a real ass person mm-hmm. um, who is using their, their platform and their votes to actually try to make um a difference and pass some uh, progressive legislation to help people and um you know we don't love our elected officials uh, but we need more people like representative cory bush out there um that's that's because what we typically see is elected officials that don't love us or at least seem to lack empathy yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so whenever we do see an elected official who is what a politician should be and be empathetic and be fighting for the, the people mm-hmm. uh, writ large, you yeah. know, yeah, that's what you want to see in a governance. Yeah. In other news, um, former Texas Representative Beto O'Rourke, mm-hmm. uh, former Senate candidate uh, Beto O'Rourke, and the Reverend William J. Barber II uh, just completed a 27-mile march, a multi-day march from Georgetown to Austin, ending in a rally at the state capitol uh, on Saturday, uh, where Willie Nelson was also in attendance. He played mm-hmm. to uh, to protest the Texas Republicans' uh, crackdown on voting rights. And right. um, obviously they've passed a... Um, or they they were attempting to pass a I'm not sure where that's at right now uh, legislation that would provide for harsher voter ID requirements um, would ban 24 hour and drive through voting and stop the sending of absentee ballots to eligible voters uh, trying to make that more difficult uh, to do as several other states have also passed legislation mm-hmm. uh, to make voting more difficult yeah obviously a couple weeks ago uh, Texas Democrats. Uh, about 60 Texas Democrats left town. Um, mm-hmm. They flew out to D.C. to try to drum up support and to av- avoid a special session in which they were called upon to vote on this uh, voter suppression bill, uh, what uh, Biden and other people have called a Jim Crow 2.0, mm-hmm. um, part of some sweeping voter suppression legislation across America. I feel like that's there's like a movement that is basically Jim Crow 2.0 because right. it is sweeping across the nation, as you say. Uh, Georgia, we've talked about earlier this year doing 
a lot of extra restrictive things. And uh, yeah, and these Democrats, uh, it's, I'll say this, it's uh, good to see our man Tallarico. That's our representative. And shout out to James Tallarico. And he's been getting some, uh, some time in the media and uh, he, he's a good representative saying things pretty clearly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they're trying to get support from Senate Democrats to uh you know put the kibosh on some of these they're saying that there should be a there should be federal protections right for voting uh instead of kind of leaving that to you know state by state this should pretty much be their number one job um when the democrats gain control what you have to do is stop measures that are being put into place to ensure that they never have control again. And that includes partisan gerrymandering. Right. That includes voter suppression of people of color. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I mean it's you a, can't let the Republicans rule with a minority. Right. And that is what they're attempting to do. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes down to something which is a federal, it's a national process. When we talk about the general elections and when we talk about even locally uh, electing our senators who represented us at the Capitol. Uh-huh. Like those, those are things that should not be allowed to every Tom, Dick and Harry of Texas or Georgia or whatever, because we've got some real dumbasses here and some, some real kind of sinister people, uh, serving at the highest ranks. Abbott, uh-huh. I'm looking at you. Fuck you. Yeah. Right kind of, you. kind of fuck Abbott. I guess before we get on to that, um, there's been a lot of talk about abolishing the filibuster lately. It does not have unanimous sub- support with Senate Democrats. I'm looking at uh, you, Joe Manchin. The For the People Act uh, election reform bill, which did pass in the House last March, uh, but that's not able. That's not something that's able to pass without a super a supermajority due to the uh, the filibuster. So. Yeah, with the filibuster that has to go to a supermajority, it basically allows 41 senators out of 100 to prevent uh, a vote um, and stymie a vote on legislation that's uh, it's been used by both sides. And it's certainly been used uh, famously here in Texas by Wendy Davis to attempt to stop a vote on um, a restrictive abortion bill. Uh, I don't think this was back in 2014, if you recall. She, she spoke for... She spoke for 13 hours ah. and ran out the clock of that special session. Uh, but they called another one and passed the bill. Yeah. Um, it, it, that wasn't – those restrictions weren't overturned until 2016 when the Supreme Court overturned it. Um, it's also been famously used by Strom Thurmond in 1957 who held the Senate for 24 a 24-hour <sighs> block to block civil rights legislation. It's very often been right. used to block civil rights legislation. Hmm. Um, and it, 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 it's supposed to exist to prevent the tyranny of the majority over the minority. Right. It's been used repeatedly, uh, I guess, at a rate of twice as often by Republicans than by Democrats right. um, to impose a tyranny of the minority hmm. um, and block any progressive legislation. Do you recall offhand what the uh, argument was over in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? I don't. Why, uh, why was it that Jimmy Stewart was uh, giving him giving the old Philly bust? I saw that movie when I was a kid, and I honestly do not remember. Uh, it was probably something simple and folksy that everyone can agree on, right? Taxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah who knows? Hold on. Let me look it up right quick. Okay. 
when the idealistic young Jefferson Smith winds up uh, appointed to the United winds up appointed to the United States Senate. Sounds like maybe there was some shenanigans and hijinks. There's a lottery, maybe. <laughs> He gains the mentorship of Senator Joseph Payne. However, Payne isn't as noble as his reputation would indicate. He becomes involved in a scheme to discredit Smith, who wants... Ah, he wants to build a boys' campsite where a more lucrative project would go. It's for the kids. He's doing it for the kids. Oh. Um, Yeah, that's super folksy. Oh, heck yeah. But yeah... Oh, yeah. So, in just to cap off what I was saying about the filibuster... um, the first time it was, you know, I guess you would say abused was by the Democrats to block a Bush nominee, a particularly heinous uh, Supreme Court Bush nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017, Mitch McConnell, because uh, as you know, we've had some heinous Trump appointees to the Supreme Court. None of those were right. successfully blocked. But uh, McConnell, yeah, so Mitch McConnell killed the judicial filibuster in 2017. As you can't use the filibuster to block nominees any longer so all that remains is the legislative uh filibuster yeah to block any sort of legislation Legislation. yeah i don't know i don't know if you're i don't know if it would be shooting yourself in the foot to (laughs) abolish the filibuster in this instance it seems not blocking the fil not yeah. not abolishing the filibuster. It seems the, like uh, the end result of that is massive widespread voter suppression and almost guaranteeing that the Republicans remain in power in perpetuity. Right. Yeah. No. It um. It seems like it's kind of a broken system. I don't think that it's really serving its purpose. I don't think that it has the best purpose, honestly. It sounds like it does sound like a weird rule they made up, kind of late at night, just trying to figure things out. You know. I mean, I think if you ask the average American, do you think that 40 people should impose their will on uh, out of 100 on the remaining 60? Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't sound like good uh, politics. Right. <laughs> Generally, that's not what democracy is. But yeah, I don't know. Hit us up at we're trying show at gmail.com. <laughs> let us let us know what you think. Uh, should the filibuster be abolished? Yeah. Dissertations welcome. Yeah. Um, well, just to circle back to Abbott, the... Um, Texas is surging with uh, COVID-19, the Delta variant. Wait, what's this stuff? Never heard of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I had mentioned that 60 Democrats flew out to D.C. As of right now, six of them have tested positive. So just anecdotally, we're looking at about a 10% breakthrough uh, because they are all, all those, all those folks are fully vaccinated. Yeah. Nobody's been hospitalized, I don't think. So, I mean, it's still important uh, for anyone who hasn't gotten their vaccine, get your vaccine. It still might save your life because yeah. the Delta variant is more dangerous. It's yeah. much more dangerous. It's much more contagious. I've heard that uh, Austin ICU is at capacity as of a day or two ago. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, so far, the st- Abbott and the state uh, are ignoring San Antonio is getting hit pretty bad. That's a 430% increase in COVID hospitalizations that they're seeing. They're running out of room in their ICU. Right. They had requested an additional 550 nurses uh, be brought in to help fill the shortage because these nurses have been working for 16 months yeah. uh, around the clock to try to save people's lives. And it's got to be exhausting and demoralizing. They have not received any help. Uh, as of right now, the, uh, the the word is, "Hey, use your federal stimulus money if you need something. <clears throat> don't come, don't come to us. You. We yeah. are not doing anything." Unlike some other conservative, uh, you know, Republican governors uh, that I could name, uh, Governor Abbott 
has specifically said local governments and school districts are not allowed to mm-hmm. institute any oh, yeah. mandatory, you know, masks uh, or or vaccinations, it's they put literally a, a ban on a mandate or like literally oh. interfering with any yeah. local municipalities' attempts to combat the the surge. Yeah, yeah. Seeing once again Abbott's signature style of small government. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which is fucking authoritarian, basically. Uh, so Texas is one of the hot spots, uh, folks. <sighs> Joe and I are back in our masks and um, mm-hmm. avoiding mm-hmm. dense crowds. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody out there is also uh, staying safe and, um, you know, weighing the the risks, the pros and the cons and, and making the correct choices for themselves. Yeah, I hope and so. And their loved ones. But, yeah, uh, having that vaccine is going to, um, from, from what we've seen so far, because uh, at first they were saying that not over 95% of all the hospitalizations were unvaccinated people. I mm-hmm. don't know if that's still accurate. I'm sure the number is probably shifting. Uh, but yeah, that was probably the the first wave of the Delta variant is going to take unvaccinated people. Um, and then it will work its way into the vaccinated population. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people are going to become seriously ill in spite of being vaccinated and taking precautions. And I can't wait to see what the next mutation is once it once it really has a chance to make the rounds again. Yeah. The next mutation is going to have a knife. <laughs> it's going to have little arms with this little switchblade. Right. So, yeah, everybody stay safe. Uh, what else we got? Hey everybody, it's your boy Joe with the station break for this week. I just want to take a moment to say thanks for listening to our show and thanks for listening to KBSR Black Sparrow Digital Radio. Uh, you know how we do it. We are fully independent and listener supported. So if you want to be a part of it, you can go to our Patreon page. Uh, you can search for Black Sparrow Radio on Patreon or you can go to blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and you'll find a link there or you can find the streamer there so you can stream 24 hours a day with whatever's happening. Of course, you can also find us on whatever radio app you're using for internet radio and some of these shows like us and Plow and Hose are available in podcasts. So go get on your podcatcher and look for that stuff. Also, I need to say thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for letting us use that thing song, Dying in Texas. You can find that on uh, Bandcamp, Mental State Fair. And I also need to thank Alex Cuervo of Spectrostatic for all that stuff that we get to use. You can find him also on Bandcamp, also on Spotify, and also on his own website where you can find a full catalog of stuff. Uh, yeah, thanks for sticking it out. We're going to be trying to get everything back up to normal now that I'm working on a new rig and getting everything together and I look forward to having it all together for you uh, reach out to us anytime at we're trying show at gmail.com hit us up on Instagram follow us uh, radio gripe TX for all the updates on the stuff let's go ahead and get back to the show I had a uh, wanted to bring up, and um, there's there's a lot of nuance around it. There's a whole lot of cases with details if you want to get into it. But I just wanted to take a moment to talk about Shot Spotter. Uh, this is a technology that is implemented in uh, around 100 cities in America, uh, but it's coming to news more lately because of uh, how it's being used in Chicago. Um, there are some certain cases uh, that have been going through where 
we're finding out that evidence in ShotSpotter is being manipulated and sometimes destroyed. I'm completely lost. What can you tell me? What ShotSpotter is? Yeah, so it is a it is a computer program where <laughs> they got microphones hooked up all over the city, and these microphones pick up what would be gunshots. Oh. And the you know the microphones and and the the software and everything is designed to pick out like the telltale like fingerprint of a shotgun as opposed to a car backfiring or fireworks no or whatnot. Shit. And we have those here. Um, I don't know if they're in use in like Austin. I know that they're probably in Dallas, a uh, hundred cities across America. So okay. you likely live in or near a place where shot spotter is used. In Chicago. Um, They'll have up to 21,000 alerts in a year. And uh, there's currently about 190 different cases that is relying on, uh, that are relying on uh, shot spotter evidence, right? But several of these cases, we're, we're finding out that um, either extra shots are being added to the file, uh, you know, whenever. No, there was, there was an instance where uh, an, a man was shot four times in the back by police, right and the shot spotter recordings they had four shots on them but there was testimony given that the man fired first at the police and that's why they returned fire and another shot was added to the file and they could see that the file was altered to add a fifth shot holy shit yeah and that all of that has since been deleted there there have been cases where uh, there's a thing called like the uh, the the fry test or something. Whenever you can get a judge to question the integrity of a certain type of forensic evidence to find out whether or not it's really valid and should be accepted. And a lot of times, once that gets brought up in these court cases, the prosecutors drop it entirely because they don't actually want that evidence from shot spotter to be dissected by the court to find out whether or not it's valid. And a lot of times, whenever they get into it, they find out that uh evidence has been deleted and so it's like oh yeah well we just noted it and we put it into the case and so that's how it's being used in trial but no we didn't actually save the evidence or anything yeah uh, so uh, this is technology that's another piece of like uh trying trying to make computational technology uh in law enforcement and it's not being run properly it's not being utilized well and it's not transparent at all yeah we've we've this is not the first time we've heard about data being collected and manipulated right behind the scenes we've heard about it with body cam footage and shit like that yeah 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 so uh if you live in and around a place where there's shot spotter um i don't know like take it up with your fucking local pd or whatever and, yeah some transparency would be nice some transparency would be good if it was maybe operated by a third party yeah. You know, uh, instead of like just being oversaw by law enforcement, then that could have, you know, maybe a little bit more transparency and a little bit more, I don't know, a higher standard of uh, what is what is actually at stake here. Yeah. I because mean, welcome, these are welcome to the 21st century dystopia. Yeah. If you are going to collect all this data, uh, it needs to be clean data and it needs to be yeah. uh, it needs to have oversight. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's been going on. And. I did want to take another minute just to mention some things that we either talked about on the last show or would have talked about, but we're not diving deep Great, into them. Great, refresh my memory. Uh, we talked about the protests in Cuba. Um, 
that had been a thing. Uh, long story short, their coronavirus response was really shitty, and uh, that combined with the long-running U.S. embargo has, uh, yeah, it's really been pissing people off. They've had shortage of food and medicine for some time now. It's only gotten worse in the pandemic. Mm, yeah. uh, I don't know if we, if the one where we talked about the uh, Haiti president getting assassinated made to air. It's been a couple of weeks. I kind of remember what episode was what, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's been a fascinating story uh, as yeah. that evolves. Um, I think that one did hit the air, but I'm not sure. Uh, there was the Frito-Lay strike. Did you hear about that? What was the resolution of the Frito-Lay strike? Oh, there was there was an agreement reached they between got, the union. They got some of what they they wanted, which I think is I think, like 10 hour days, yeah, the main six thing days a week, no, was, more, no uh, more. The elimination of these suicide shifts, they were calling them, that were uh, like 16 hour shifts yes. or something. Uh, yeah, and there were there was talk about how people had to sign up for uh, overtime. Um, like you were supposed to have an option to be like, no, I only want to work 40 hours a week or yeah, I'm going to sign up for overtime. But basically everybody was pressured into signing up for overtime whether you wanted to or not. Right. And so people were expected to work 80 hours a week, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely So y'all can have your fucking Fritos. And it was another instance. Your, your hot Cheetos. Yeah, it was another instance where just like we had heard with uh, Amazon, uh, there were people who died on the line while working. Right. And other workers were told to remove this person's body and don't stop the line we're just going to we need to get that person out of the way and put somebody else on the line which is horrific imagine having somebody fucking do that to you while you're on an hourly fucking shift for whatever your job is you know what i mean it's so uh good news from there bezos had the fucking audacity to thank the workers uh on a talk show after coming back down from space piece of shit um yeah, so far Amazon has successfully quashed all attempts to mm-hmm. uh, unionize, but yeah, um, it's only a matter of time, you guys. Uh, collective bargaining it is has made collective bargaining. I'm gonna say this if you're if you're like anti-union, I'm gonna just remind you that collective bargaining is I would say preferable to I don't know guillotines. Yeah. I just want to remind you that they put a guillotine <laughs> in front of Jeff Bezos's house <laughs> at one point. Uh, that's where people are getting when it comes down to this conversation about the haves and have nots, you right. know what I mean? And the rich ruling class who are not even, they're not a ruling class insofar as they're not elected officials. Mm. They're just people with enough power that they get to do whatever the fuck they want. They have the wealth they of an entire nation's GDP. Yeah. Yeah. They are nations unto themselves, not beholden to our earthly laws. E- or our earthly gravity at times. <laughs> yeah. A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night, cause Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me, cause Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check, 
The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Mmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. To Whitey on the moon. Also, uh, what on the last episode that we were recording, we took a little bit of time to talk about not only the uh, wildfires that were in Canada and California and the floods that were going across Europe, and we talked about climate change in general. Talked about the apocalypse. We talked about the MIT study from the 70s, which has been revisited, and we've pinned a date of uh, around 2040 to start seeing the collapse of industrial civilization. Um, so... That's that was something that made the last episode really depressing. And whenever I got locked out of the computer, I felt pretty defeated and kind of like, I'm not really going to work real hard on this. I'm going to take a little bit of a break from having to think about it because that's been weighing heavily on my mind a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of these nights that I have trouble sleeping, which for various reasons, I just sleep poorly. Um, I've been listening to, again, uh, The End of the World with Josh Clark recommend anybody to go listen to that worth a revisit yeah yeah and he does a really good job at having a bright spot when talking about existential crisis unlike us um and it it helps me go to sleep and just thinking about these really large thoughts and how bad they are but it's not you know it's not all shit because those are your waking thoughts those are those are reserved for walking around and interacting with what civilization we still have but anyway, try not to be too depressing about it. I'm trying to do what I can to look forward, maybe not to the, the end of my days because I'm getting older, but, you know, there's there's still younger generations that are going to have to be dealing with, uh, with the worst of it and dealing with the brunt of it as time moves on. Yeah. So something that I want to do is just, uh, A, tell everybody stay strong and start start learning some stuff and start looking toward an entirely different future enjoy what we have right now for one but also think about harder times and so uh in that vein i want to start doing maybe some um some future tips what do you think about this a pocket tips is that anything i love it okay yeah and uh you know feel free to email us with anything that any resources that you might know about or things that you might want to consider moving forward. And uh, yeah, email us at we're trying show at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we're going to start thinking about the future. So I've got a few just quick things that you might want to think about. And I don't know if you've got anything to bring to the table here, but obviously uh, you're going to need a variety of skills. Uh, things like, you know, some farming. Uh, you're going to want to know how to sew, maybe do leather work. Uh, you might need armor, who knows. Uh, you're going to need to know how to make soap and disinfectant, uh, even just knowing how to make a vinegar or, you know, some, some rubbing alcohol or anything. Speaking of alcohol, you're going to need to know how to make some booze. Um, I think potatoes, rotten potatoes work well is what I hear. I'm but... looking, I just want to say, um, you know how to do some leather work and I'm looking forward to, um, the Mad Max fashions that mm-hmm. are coming down the pike. Oh yeah. It's going to be good. And then, um. 
you know, how, how to hunt and skin a bird, uh, or whatever, you know, um, beyond that, you know, you're going to obviously need to have different kinds of technical knowledge, how to make or dismantle booby traps. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's probably going to come in handy, uh, as time moves on. Um, you're going to need to know how to maintain and repair a bicycle. Also ride a bicycle in case that's something I, something I need to learn again, haven't done it in a long time. Uh, befriending wolves, highly recommended. If you can befriend wolves, that's going to be a strong asset for you. Uh, uh, what happens to the domesticated dogs in this scenario? Um, they revert to wolves. Oh, okay. Good. Good. <laughs> it's just, they're different sizes. Some of them are really tiny and annoying, but still dangerous. Love it. But yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, if you can, if you start getting really good at some of these things, I think one, one of the highest things is how to make a computer, you know, with, uh, leaves and twigs and rocks. Right. And, um, obviously you would power that if, you know, if we don't have an electrical grid, you're, you're going to have to use ants. The whole thing is going to have to be full of ants, uh, yes. to, to give it power. And I would imagine we're probably going to be dealing with a lot of ants in the future. There's going to be so many ants, you're going to have to put them to good use, um, yeah. you know. So any kind of, I guess, electrical work you're going to have, you know, because gasoline is a finite resource. Don't fill up barrels of gasoline and put them in your basement. That's not something that's going to be of any use to you. But ants. Even with stabilizer, that gasoline is not going to last more than six months. Yeah. Ants, uh, you know, if while you're waiting on ants, you can, if you're good at farming, farm potatoes. Potatoes can power things. Right, as we know. As we know. And so those are pretty uh, pretty easy to grow from my understanding. <laughs> and so, you know, and I think, you know, maybe the height of that is that we figure out how to get ants and potatoes, like like hybrid energy, you know, yeah. like fusion energy or whatever between ants and potatoes. I think that we could probably, probably start rebuilding back to where we are now. Yeah. And uh, maybe work on getting into space ourselves right. you know you got to pull yourself by your own bootstraps you got to know how to make bootstraps <laughs> i love this optimism that you're bringing i think you're coming with some really uh good elegant solutions uh to the future crisis well you know traditional thinking has gotten us far but now it's uh about to bite us in the ass so i'm ready to start thinking outside like, the box like so many ants like so many ants you got any survival tips yeah i think i had mentioned earlier uh, they were talking to one of these QAnon uh, people, a Q, a Q fluencer, uh, and um, had said, "You know what? What can we do to prepare for the Great Awakening when some forty percent of America will be frog marched out into the street? Uh, you know, the forty percent that are satanic uh, baby blood drinkers um, and strung up, and will have to rebuild society anew uh, after the Great Awakening." And he actually came with some surprisingly good advice. He was like, "Well, you know." Get together with your neighbors, uh, your local community, and, um, you know, create a contingency plan, um, essentially from each according to uh, his ability to each according to his need. Mm -hmm. um, learn how to do stuff. Make yourself useful. Uh, I, for one, uh, am, you know, a metallurgist. And, um, you know, my wife uh, is a gardener and, and a canner. Um, you know, everybody should have these type of skills. She knows how to sew. Cans are going to be important. Yeah, we're going to have to make our own vinegar, you guys. Uh, mm -hmm. I hope everybody knows how to do that. Um, I don't. I don't. 
I think it's similar to, oh, we're going to have to know how to make our own alcohol. Yeah. As, these are all different stages of fermentation, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Now I have made uh, kimchi. There you go. But Which, did you, did you use vinegar as like a base or something I, for I it? I think or? so. It's an astonishingly simple process to sort of add something with sugar to uh, cabbage and just let it goddamn rot. Yeah. And when it's good and rotten, you eat it. It's kind of counterintuitive, but hey, that's what I'm saying is that we have to kind of take a, did take say, a step back. Did I say back. kimchi or kombucha? You said kimchi. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you made some kimchi. Uh, yeah, it's. I think that we have to kind of take a step back and kind of act like we don't know how technology works and get experimental with it so that we could you know, find find the technology that's going to suit us in the aftertimes. Some of us experienced this uh, here in Texas during the snowpocalypse 2021. Yeah, that white stuff that falls from the sky is apparently snow. It's made of water, and <laughs> you can boil that and use it to drink and wash whenever you have busted water lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found that you can... Um, Light some tea candles, uh, put them underneath some some um, terracotta pots uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to fill a room with some ambient heat uh, when you uh, the inside of your house is dipped below freezing levels. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, we learned that you can feel warmer when you drink to excess. Yeah. Um, generally, yeah. it's not a good idea. It's you only feel warmer. That's pretty much where it stops. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, cold don't care about your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we should also not end this segment before putting out maybe some essential apocalypse viewing. Um, okay. Uh, I'd like to start with uh, Kipo and the Era of Wonder Beasts. World of the Wonder Beasts. World yeah, of the yeah. Wonder Beasts, which you can find on Netflix. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a delight. Uh, Joe, what do you got? Um, I'm going to say Doro Hidoro. Uh-huh. So that way you can know what to expect whenever wizards start mm-hmm. uh, roaming the streets and coming in from their other plane to experiment on us humans. You have to be prepared for all potential scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Whether that would be um, the Wonder Beasts, uh, some giant mutated animals, wizard, interdimensional wizards mm-hmm. um, th- that are coming into our dimension. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the torchbearer here would probably be... Walking Dead. Walking Dead or The Last of Us. Uh-huh. Um, for whenever you're ready to go ahead and face how brutal it's going to be, uh, any one of, either one of those, I would uh, recommend against uh, The Walking Dead because they have, they have a lot of assumptions that they're working on that I don't think are just going to pan out. I wonder how they're going to tie up the loose strings when they finally end this show. I, just, One I more suspect season. that they're not going to. One more season. <clears throat> I think that I think it's going to be. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be the rush job that I hear Game of Thrones was. Didn't watch it, but I think that it's probably going to be pretty plot heavy, and there's going to be a whole lot of stuff that happens in short succession, probably throughout this last season, uh, season eleven that they're doing. Because uh, yeah, they they got some. I got some splaining to do. Yeah, they sure do. I think they're going to have to bring back Rick. Yeah, um, I think they are. Good. I think I think they're going to tie that one up. But also, are they going to kill him? Mm-hmm. Like once and for all. Who knows? They 
they don't like killing off uh, cast members on this show. They do no, it very, very rarely. They they try not to. <laughs> they really try not to. <laughs> um. But they're working with zombies. Sometimes it just happens, and you got to just keep rolling. And, and just figure out how to work it into the storyline. I read that the kid, Coral, <laughs> um, he thought he was going to continue to be on the show, and they fucking <laughs> nixed him at the last second, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was about to sign another uh, contract, and they were like, ooh, bad news, kiddo. I know we had this whole negotiation we just did. Um, yeah. You're, you're gone. Look, it's it's been a long time. He was time pissed. Coming. We can only take so many eyes from you. You know what I mean? I figured he wanted to leave the show and go to college or pursue some other type of acting, but no, they straight up canceled his ass. Yeah. Um, Canned him, gave him the old, gave him the old bite. But uh, one of the things that that continually annoys me um, on The Walking Dead when they were in South Carolina uh, is that they are not eating, food is always scarce and they are not eating the kudzu, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a ready source of vitamin A and other nutrients and uh, probably minerals. That you need to outrun those zombies. Yeah, yeah, and, we brought this up before. I did, and uh, we've talked about doing a crossover uh, with uh, Miss Julie Rydell and um, Plow and Hose uh, to talk about what kind of things we can find in the backyard that we can eat uh, in the post-apocalyptic times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got your watercress, dandelion, mm-hmm, uh, kudzu. Mm-hmm. Um, food for thought. All right, well, that'll wrap up the segment. Uh, hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's it's glad to have you back. Sure. Yeah, however that works out. Uh, thanks for inviting us into your earbuds your, your or phone or whatever again. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give out our shout-outs. Thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for giving us use of that theme song, Dying in Texas. Got to see him do it live a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was good. And uh, thanks to Alex Cuervo of Spectrostatic for giving us a uh, use of all the other little stings here and there. You can find those guys uh, all over the place to listen to music. Go do that. Thanks, KBSR, for having the network. Go check out all the other stuff on the network. There's plenty of other shows. And, uh, yeah, drop us a line like we talked about. There's, well, you already heard the email address if you've listened this long. Uh, yeah. Until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. Yeah.